listen, if you dare, to this Sundown 96.6 presentation. Open your eyes and look into the darkness. Something strange is moving. Something grave and sinister. Something paranormal. Something ghostly. That sends shivers down your spine. It is children with cult class with your house, Caitlin. switch to UFOs, we hear about some whistleblower with new promises of UFO intrigue. And every time, they lack even a scintilla of proof. Harvard professor, though, says a tiny pellet from a meteor might be the first real proof available. He found them where a meteor crashed into the Pacific Ocean off Papua New Guinea. Professor Avi Loeb joins us now. Professor, it's good to see you. All right. So do I have this right, that these tiny little things that are smaller than a BB they're either from a meteor or from an alien craft? Well, they are the molten droplets from the surface of this object when it was exposed to the extreme heat from a fireball that it generated while passing through the atmosphere. And it was detected by U.S. government sensors back on January 8, 2014. And uh, we realized five years later that actually it was moving so fast that it must have originated from outside the solar system. Uh, the U.S. Space Command confirmed that at the 99.999% confidence in a letter that they sent to NASA a year ago. And then we started planning for an expedition to retrieve any materials from this object because apparently it was tougher than all space rocks that were cataloged by NASA over the past decade, 272 of them. And it was also moving faster than 95% of the stars in the vicinity of the sun. So um, we decided to go and check whether it's made of some artificial alloy that may explain its toughness. Uh, and perhaps it's some spacecraft from another civilization. So we went to the Pacific Ocean and we found those spirals, these uh, metallic marbles that we saw with a microscope that are the droplets that melted off the surface of the object. Welcome to Chillin' with Cult Class. My name's Caitlin, and this is where we talk about everything spooky, strange, and unexplained. So we ended up taking last week off, and it was not a planned week off. Sometimes <laughs> we might do that. We'll let you guys know, of just because we do this every week. Right. And sometimes things come up, and July 4th happened, mm -hmm. and everyone kind of, like, took the week off, and I became really lazy, and, like, all my clients, everybody was taking vacations. Yep, yep. So Nick and I were like, mm. We'll just follow the suit. Yeah, we'll just kind of hang. Everybody kind of, like... You know, I feel like was chilling for July 4th. And then... Oh, man, here it comes. Oh, my gosh. And then I thought, oh, I'm chilling. No big deal. And then I ended up getting a case of poison ivy or, or poison sumac or poison oak, like where like the rash from it. Right. Where it was so bad, guys, 
And I was like, it's not that bad, oh Nick, gosh. over and over. It was literally head to toe. Head to toe. Blisters. Blisters. And every day I was like, oh, I think I have it under control. Oh, no, there's a whole new patch, patch. on my arm. Yeah. Or And then it was on my neck and it was oh getting to my, my face. Crawling and, to your face. Yeah. So finally I went to the doctor and now I'm on these like insane steroids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like a horse's dose of steroids. Oh, my gosh. Well, they have you take a handful for the first couple Literally days. Literally a handful. And so I've been, I hadn't and, slept normal well, in a week. I feel so bad. Well, the side effects are like... So many things. So many it's things. It's like comical. It's like, yeah, it's like those commercials that are <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, take this and it'll help you with your poison ivy rash, but you Side might effects die. may cause, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. jumping off a bridge, screaming erratically, <laughs> yeah. your heart exploding. Yeah. The doctor was like, um, I know it's the afternoon. That's when I went and saw her. She's like, I know it's the afternoon, but, uh, you might want to take this to in the morning and wait because you'll be a little jittery. And when she said a little jittery, then she said... Uh, I don't want you up at night arranging furniture. And, like, <laughs> literally, that's how I've been. I've been like, oh, Nick, I was up last night, and I um, I researched this. I bought this. I online shop. I uh, watched this movie. I, oh, my god! <laughs> it's been nonstop. So. I, feel, I feel so bad. Oh, my god! But on the flip side, I think it's been helping a little. You, yeah, no, You haven't been, like... Helped. Well, we're to the point where we like, had the duct tape ovens to your hands almost. Yeah, you know? no, it's definitely helped, but that's been my week. Oh. And our like chill week off turned into this poison ivy extravaganza. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it felt so bad. So eh, it's better now, but and it's fun to do the podcast again. Definitely, oh my gosh, yeah, I missed you guys. Yeah, what else has been going on? We we always give you our homestead news. What's mm-hmm. going on on our homestead? I think the biggest things is that we've just been. It's been so nice out, so obviously we've been in the woods. Yeah. I've been in the woods yep. working on trails and uh, expanding our fences, mm-hmm. and all the animals are great. Everyone's, I don't think there's anything major to report. I don't think so. Everyone's happy and healthy. Happy so. and healthy, and we've been seeing so many deer and so many bunnies. We oh, have, my goodness. We should just have these bunnies as our pets. <laughs> we, we have, like, 20 bunnies in our front yard, it's right? It's comical, yeah. It's insane. And they sprawl out. Oh, maybe I'll post a photo oh on the gosh. Instagram. They sprawl out. Like, they get really comfortable. And When they relax, it's, like, so funny. They just, they, they kick out their back legs and throw up their front legs. And they're just, like, laying on their belly. Like, kick it. It's Look, so funny. I have to find a picture to post of bunnies relaxing. Because these bunnies have taken over our whole yard. <laughs> Even our dogs don't go after them anymore. No, like, yeah, we've all stop. just accepted that these bunnies live with us. <laughs> And they just, it's so funny, like, you should put a little bunny martini in their hand and, like, a little <laughs> cigarette or something because they're just, like, having the best summer. Oh and I'm gosh. looking at a hummingbird. Look at, oh, my gosh, it just went away. It was right on our wire outside. Oh, wow. I've never seen a hummingbird sit and hang out. Like oh, that's that. pretty wild. Um, but those are back, too. They're yeah, at our hummingbird feeder. Yeah. Anyway, the only other things going on are... Um, what we've been watching, which is a lot of Yellowstone. We finally started Yellowstone. Finally started Yellowstone. That's going great. That's going great. Intense show. Intense. Love Beth and Rip. Love Beth and Rip. I hope they stay great. I hope so, too. No one give us any spoilers. We're yeah. only on season two right now. Season three. We just season, started Oh, three. that's right. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, but in the in the line of Paranormal and Scary, yep. we watch Project Fair, Fear on YouTube. Those are... Yes. We're big fans of them. Shout out so them. Like, Give them a shout out. And we f- finished Dolores Roach on Amazon. 
That was a big Bloomhouse release. Yeah, that we watched that. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. It was something that we watched. It, was like, it, it filled time. Yeah, it was like a modern, like a Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was. I if you're not into like just gruesome for gruesome sake and like like grossness and like yeah, yeah I don't. It's I'm I not guess recommending it's a slasher. It yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It's yeah. that it's that we were in it. We were like maybe this is going somewhere, you know? But it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like short, digestible little episode, so yeah. it, was, it was easy to watch, but it had no real like, digestible. What a what a word to pick. <laughs> I know. If you all watched things it, yeah. Um, ooh, and um, we watched Tank, the movie Tank, which was actually pretty good. That was great. But um, it was kind of one of those movies again. Um, that one's on Shutter, I think, if you mm-hmm. guys want to watch it. But it was kind of one of those movies, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off. No. But it's just I remember us being like, "Why are they doing this the whole time?" I know, I know. If only, if only we wrote the film. I know, like know? the whole time you're watching, you're like, "Why aren't you listening to your wife? Why aren't you listening to your kids? There's something bad happening. Why are you going out in the middle of nowhere alone?" It's like one of those horror movies where you're like, "No, I know, no, exactly, no, exactly, no reasonable person would do this." Ugh. But another one that we we watched, uh, pro- oh. no go yeah yeah Brooklyn Forty Five. Yes. Yeah. What about that? We were gonna pick that for movie club. Yes. Actually, this one got shelved as a movie club pick because it's a little too gory. Yeah. And it didn't end with like any bombastic ending. I don't think bombastic. <laughs> Love that. We're picking good words. Yes. Um. But it, no, I, I agree. Yeah, but it was cool. I, yeah, I, I I was really engaged the whole time. So yeah. I guess this is kind of like another like mini movie club review. But it was it was good. I yeah. recommend it. It was like really interesting. If you like horror and you don't mind gore, super paranormally. Yeah, it's that out of this whole list. I definitely that would be the one I recommend, and that's on Shutter right now. Yeah, Brooklyn yeah. Forty Five. It's a it's a it's a good watch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Finally, just a bit of housekeeping before we jump into everything. Um, I am doing something special. My cousin is very talented, and she makes these like wonderful stuffed knitted crocheted like creatures. Uh, well, she she made us some chickens, and she's made like cre- uh, like characters from TV, like Bluey and stuff. And so I saw that she was making these, and I was like, "Can you make cryptids? <laughs> Can you make me a Bigfoot and Nessie and stuff?" Oh my gosh! And her business is Honey Sweet Creations, and she started making them for me, and they are so cute, and they are so cool, and they're all handmade. They look so incredible. I'm like literally not because like she's like related, just yeah. completely objective. They're amazing. They're amazing. I like it blows my mind that these are like made by hand. Yeah, they're really cute. They're really well made. Mm-hmm. And I'm selling them on my website just for just about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to cultclassart.com, and uh, each one is made to order. And we have Mothman, Bigfoot, Nessie, and an alien, oh of course. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, so check them out at yep. cultclassart.com. That's all the housekeeping I have for the day. So let's get into the episode. For your UFOs in the news, 
Harvard professor Avi Loeb believes he may have found fragments of alien technology from a meteor that landed in the waters off of Papua New Guinea in 2014. Loeb and his team just brought back the materials to Harvard for analysis. The U.S. Space Command confirmed with almost certainty 99.999% that the material came from another solar system. The government gave Loeb a 10-kilometer radius of where it may have landed. Quote, We found 10 spherules that are almost perfect spears or metallic marbles. When you look at them through a microscope, they look very distinct from the background, explained Loeb. Quote, They have colors of gold, blue, brown, and some of them even resemble a miniature Earth. End quote. It will take us thousands of of years, tens of thousands of years, to exit our solar system with our current spacecraft to another star. This material spent that time arriving to us, but it's already here, smiled Loeb. We just need to check our backyard to see if we have packages from an interstellar Amazon that takes billions of years for the travel. Please stand by for your Paranormal News of the Week. For your paranormal news this week, 100 years ago, on June 30th, 1923, the Winchester Mystery House officially opened its doors to the public. The home dates back to the 1800s, when Sarah Winchester began a seemingly never-ending construction project that lasted nearly four decades, but the mansion became a tourist attraction after Winchester died as part of an amusement park named Winchester Park created by the home's new owner, John Brown. He had a whole vision for this to be an incredible resort with a roller coaster and a pool. They had advertised dancing and there was concessions. The old Winchester place was sort of a supporting act. But as years went by, the home stood out as a true attraction. 13 million guests have since walked through its doors. The house is 24,000 square feet, has 160 interconnecting rooms, 2,000 doors that exit into thin air, stairways that lead to dead end ceilings, and other oddities that are loved by visitors from all over. When the night falls, when the shadows become deep and black, the silent pall of evil settles on the earth. Who dares to search? Who dares to see what walks in the night? If you dare, welcome to Sundown 96.6 FM. Sundown966.com for more details and merch. <laughs> Welcome to the movie club.
days that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. I'm Colonel G.T. Weber from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one, what do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. It's time. Yeah, that just happened. What happens now? They arrive. They need to see me. Dr. Bank? Now that's a proper introduction. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. I'm never going to be able to speak their words. Got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. Are you dreaming in their language? It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. We've got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Why does this feel worse? Our movie club pick for last week was Arrival from 2016. And just like any other movie club, if you plan on watching this movie and you haven't, you might want to skip ahead a few minutes because there might be spoilers. But I have to say, I'm not even going to ask Nick first. I love this movie. I am, like, blown away by this movie. I saw this movie when it came out in 2016, and for some reason it didn't, like, stay in my mind. And my favorite alien UFO movie is Signs. Mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan Signs. But after re-watching Arrival, I think it has now taken the spot as my favorite UFO alien movie ever. Cue the the fireworks (laughs) i know alert the press it's like hello this is my favorite ufo movie but with like i completely understand that and i'm i'm right there with you i i think i watched it i don't think i've ever finished it i think i watched it maybe with you whenever it first came out we watched it together yeah yeah. that would have been you know yeah i think so probably right but i i forgot everything uh-huh. Same. Same. Right. So, like, the spoilers that mm-hmm. are coming that we're going to talk about, I, like, did not remember that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, it was incredible. I loved it. I, I want everyone to watch it. I want everyone in the I world to watch it. I want to decorate our guest room with the art uh, of the language. <laughs> we immediately, immediately were looking up heptapod, like, language art oh my gosh, to hang in so our house. cool. 
It's so cool. And I think my favorite thing about this movie is I think a lot of, you know, I talk about this with Nick a lot, but um, I'm like deep in the paranormal world and UFO world. I mean, not deep, not like deep, like secrets or anything, <laughs> but just like I know a lot of people who are yeah. into this. My art is kind of that way. And um, a lot of these movies are your standard like the aliens invade and the aliens look a certain way. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I always say to Nick, there's, you know, I think we're limited in the way that we th- are able to think as humans. And so we put these things in like these categories that we can understand and like the gray aliens and like sure. the invasion and these things. But I say to him a lot, like there's no limit to what, aliens what could anything be. could be. Yeah. And so this movie really like, does that so well where they do this su- such a, I don't I hate the word unique because they really broke the mold yeah but they do it so differently than everybody else and it's such an original like, script a thousand percent like the idea that time is not linear and that their language is tied to understanding time in a different way uh, is brilliant how cool was that like when when that like tripped in the movie when that was like revealed my mind was like blown we nick and i were watching it the whole time and i love amy adams and i'm always i i am such an advocate for like a a great female lead role <laughs> for sure and so i was like already loving it but when that happened both of us looked at each other and we were like what <laughs> my <laughs> what? eyes are like huge just even talking about it again yes yes yeah. yeah oh Sorry. no i was just gonna explain to them that so if you haven't seen it and you're not gonna watch it basically these aliens invade and they have these first of all the craft that they put in this film like the their ships are so beautiful and amazing and they stand straight up which is so cool very cool and then they turn on their side and they look more like traditional ships but anyway so these aliens invade all over the world they're like nine locations or something or 12 locations or something like that Uh, one of these ships goes to each location and there's multiple aliens on the ship and they can't communicate with the aliens, which is also something that all these movies don't really address. Like, right. when we watch movies, it's like, yeah. you know, we never talk about, like, that uh, communication barrier. Mm-hmm. Not never, but it's it's not brought up. So it's really cool because they recruit this woman who is a professional linguist or, like, she's... Yeah. She, a language expert, right? Yeah, yeah, she's a language expert. And that's Amy Adams' character. Mm-hmm. And they're like, look, we, have, we need you to figure out this language of these extraterrestrials. Yes. Because we need to communicate with them and figure out why they're here mm-hmm. and just floating on planet Earth. Right. And so she goes to... And, and while you're watching, you're getting these flashbacks of her life, of, like, her daughter who had cancer mm-hmm. and passed away right, and right, how right. her husband left her. Mm-hmm. And so you're, like, really feeling for this woman. Like, like oh, she's gone through it. She's gone and through it. And now she's, like, it. doing this immense task yeah. to save the world. To save the world, and yeah. and you're just like, gosh, this lady's like really pushing, mm-hmm. and you're really impressed with her, and she, her and Jeremy Renner, he's great too. I love Jeremy Renner. Um, they go and they work with these heptopods, mm-hmm. the aliens, and try to figure out the language, and it takes a while, but Amy Adams figures it out, and as she figures it out, you get more and more flashbacks of her life, and so you're really understanding her whole being. Yes. You're really tied to her character. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm like smiling over here. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's figuring it out and she's communicating with the heptopods. And then you find out 
that basically as you learn their language, you see time as they see time. Yes. And they don't see time linear linearly. Right, right. And so they came to Earth to get help for the future mm -hmm. that we have not seen yet. Mm -hmm. And so they're teaching the language to Amy Adams in hopes that she can share it with everybody else and so that humanity can A, help itself and B, help, help them, them. Yep. and understand time differently. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? So yeah. all these flashbacks <laughs> of her life are actually the, the future. future. Ah! ah! <laughs> it's so, and then you realize that the husband who left her is Jeremy Renner, who mm -hmm. she just met right. in the movie. Oh. And um, just the idea, Ugh. like this whole concept is, and it's just executed so beautifully. So beautifully. And I'm, I'm really not like somebody to sit back and say like, because time travel is confusing and these movies we always say have so many holes. Oh yeah, of course, of course. But this movie. It's so pointed and has such a great, uh, like well thought out layout of mm -hmm. how they were going to present it to the audience. Mm-hmm where I don't think we even discussed any, like, well, you know what, you know, kind of like yeah. armchair critics. Yeah. Um, they, just, they did such a great job. And, oh, my gosh, whenever she had that aha moment, when she, like, it clicked for her, and she understood that her flashbacks were actually, like, premonitions sure. of the future. Yes. And then she, like, gave him a hug. <laughs> oh, my gosh, remember? And she calls the leader of China, because she's trying yes. to encourage oh all gosh. these countries to work together. Yes, yes. And she had to tell him something that nobody else had ever told him or something like that. And he tells her in the future what to tell him. Oh, my God. Now it gets a little trippy. It's so And that's wild. when you're like, oh, I don't even understand this totally. But um, they just execute it really well, because there are a lot of movies, like, this could have very much oh, been, been confusing. A, yeah, been a flop. It. Yeah, could totally been floppy. And the aesthetic, I just have to say. Oh, yeah. All the colors, the way it's shot, mm -hmm. the dim, like, the dim shots is, like, kind of murky. Kind of like, murky, cold. Cold, yeah. yeah. You, like, you really just, the colors and the way it's shot, you, like, feel bad for her. Yeah. You're like, oh, everything feels, like, dark because you, in the beginning, you find out that her daughter dies. Right. But that you don't find out to the end that that's the future. Mm-hmm. And as I'm saying it, it's all, like, a little trippy. I know it. I know it. But I I had to, like, recommend this movie. Like, after we watched it, I was like, this has to be Movie Club. Oh, my gosh. Everyone, drop what you're doing right now. Rent it. Pick out some time to go and go watch it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's Tell a, your friends. It's such a good movie. And if you've seen it, rewatch it. Like, you know, if you're like, oh, maybe I'll rewatch it. Definitely. It's, it's, it's worth a rewatch. so worth it. Um... I, we're probably ha like I don't want to overhype this movie, but I don't you know think we what? are. We're I think we, I don't think we even are. I think we could hype it more. I think we could hype it more. I mean, there's there's pieces. It's like a piece of art movie. It really is. Yes. And we said that about whatever happened to Baby Jane a few weeks ago. Yes. Like this movie falls in that category where you're like, wow. And I can really respect artists, and I and I consider artists the screenwriters, cinematographers, mm -hmm. whoever, and the costume designers, everybody. Like, you really respect when they make, like, a true piece of art a that stands percent. on its own. And yes. this movie is so that. It was amazing. It was amazing. I'm so glad that we watched it. I kind of want to watch it again. I know. We actually <laughs> almost turned on the other night again. I, I rewatch Signs all the time, and yeah. now this is just in my uh, in my little rotation. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed it. 
this week, uh, we're not going very paranormal. We have to go summer. We it's have to go scary summer. summer. Baby. It's scary summer, baby. Yes. Sinister summer. Is that Sinister what we call summer it on, uh, on the radio station. Yeah, we call it on sundown. Side note, this is a plug. On sundown 96.6, <laughs> we play Sinister Summer every weekend. But this week's pick? This week's pick is Jaws from 1975. The original. The original Jaws. We have to do it. Stay out of the ocean, guys. I, I hope you're at the ocean and watch Ooh. this movie. Get a little, get a little edge What's going. better than like being like by the ocean at night, you know, tired from swimming all day and watching like a good creature feature? And for us, nothing. Although I think other people don't totally love that. Well, we last time we went to the beach, we were like, "All right, let's watch like Placid Jaws, Shallow Waters, or whatever that's called." All we watched them. every yeah. like scary <laughs> creature movie. It's so fun. So Jaws, nineteen seventy-five. Be sure to watch before next week's new episode of Chillin'. And I'm not sure where it's streaming. Um, I, you know, you can rent anything on Amazon Prime, yeah. but definitely it, just Google it. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this show. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at chillinwithcult.class. And you can always follow my art on Instagram at cult.class. Thanks for listening. scary story is a story that I have actually never heard and I'm surprised I've never heard it. I stumbled upon it and I thought it'd be perfect for this arrival episode. I definitely wanted to do a story that was UFO alien centric and there's nothing more UFO centric than the origin of the phrase flying saucer. The information that I got for this story comes from airandspace.edu. We will never know exactly what private pilot Kenneth A. Arnold saw 75 years ago while flying past Mount Rainier on June 24, 1947. What he said he saw and spent the rest of his life trying to explain added the words flying saucer to the vocabularies of millions of people around the world. That June afternoon, Arnold took off from Chehalis, Washington, on his way to an air show in Pendleton, Oregon, with a planned fuel stop at Yakima, Washington. He was an experienced pilot with 4,000 hours of flying time logged and a member of an Idaho search and rescue unit. He was piloting a single-engine Cal Air A2 light airplane. Skies were clear and the winds light. He planned to detour a bit en route. A U.S. Marine Corps Curtis C-46 Commando transport had crashed with 32 U.S. Marines on board, somewhere near his eastward course, and Arnold hoped to find the downed aircraft and claim a $5,000 reward. Shortly before 3 p.m., as Arnold circled his airplane about 20 miles west of Mount Rainier, searching for the C-46, he saw a bright flash to the northeast. It startled me. 
I just assumed it was some military lieutenant out with a shiny P-51, and I had caught the reflection of the sun hitting the wings of his plane. After more flashes appeared, Arnold ruled out a nearby Douglas DC-4 airliner as the source. He claimed they emanated from nine shiny objects flying in an echelon formation about five miles long. Arnold described each object as circular, about a hundred feet across, and with no discernible tail. The objects periodically flipped, banked, and weaved side to side like the tail of a Chinese kite. The formation was crossing in front of Arnold, and he decided to time its passage from Mount Rainier to Mount Adams. He calculated the objects were flying at about 1,200 miles per hour. Some accounts say 1,700 miles per hour. Two times faster than any airplane known at that time. Months would pass before Colonel Chuck Yeager flew the Bell X-1 rocket airplane to a speed of 700 miles per hour and exceeded the speed of sound. Arnold emphatically denied that he initially described the objects as flying saucers, but as Megan Garber wrote in her June 15, 2014 article for The Atlantic, stories of the time credit Arnold with using the term saucer, disc, and pie pan in his description of the objects he had seen. He told his story to reporters Bill Baguette and Nolan Skiff of the Eastern Oregonian newspaper the day after his sighting. Skiff used the words saucer-like aircraft when he published a short print article that same day. After suggesting to Arnold that a wire story might generate comments from the military on flights of experimental aircraft that could explain Arnold's sighting, Baguette published a brief story picked up by the Associated Press Wire Service using the words, Nine Bright Saucer-Like Objects, to describe what Arnold said he saw. By afternoon, the tale that he had seen flying saucers had spread nationwide. A radio host interviewing Arnold on June 26 noted how rapidly the story was shared, saying, The Associated Press and United Press all over the nation have been after this story. It's been on every newscast, over the air, and in every newspaper that I know of. Arnold became a media sensation, but he did not welcome the attention. Interviewed 30 years later, Arnold said, I have of course suffered some embarrassment here, and thereby misquotes and misinformation. Whatever Kenneth Arnold saw remains unexplained, but subsequent reports use the words flying saucer. During the next decades, people around the world labeled many sightings of unexplained aerial phenomenon as flying saucers. Interestingly, 1947 is also the year of the famous UFO crash outside of Roswell, New Mexico. Is there a correlation? What was going on in 1947? I have no idea. Obviously, Arnold saw something that compelled him to speak to the press and ask questions about the aerial phenomenon that he was seeing. I don't know, but that is where the term flying saucer comes from. And I think uh, that's all we have this week. I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you all so much for chilling with us and be sure to tune in next Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard for our next new episode.
This has been a Sundown 96.6 FM production.